Welcome to a world of exploration, thought, and discussion, sequentially through 156 episodes of Rod Serling's seminal classic, The Twilight Zone. Welcome to Submitted for Your Approval. Hello, everyone, and welcome again to Submitted for Your Approval, a Twilight Zone podcast. Oh, yes, with me today is the man of the hour or the 20 minutes, depending on how long we talk about it. He is the co-founder of Apathetic Enthusiasm, the hit podcast. He's also the co-founder of Interdimensional RSS, the unofficial Rick and Morty podcast. Yes, that's right. It is my longtime friend first, co-host second, Travis Menard. Hello, Travis, my friend. Ooh. Oh, well, hello, Brandon. Thank you so much for having me on, on your podcast. I can't, be- I can't believe you finally made it onto Submitted for Your Approval. Yeah, it's only been... What is this, my third time? <laughs> I think this is my third time on the show. No, 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 no. It's been more than three oh. times. Oh, wow. I probably blacked out for a few of them. But I love, <laughs> I love the opportunity to come on here and feel terribly unprepared because this is this is wholly your baby and i and i i don't have show notes i don't have i don't have i'm not streaming anything it's it's very it's very relaxing i know it's it's such it's such a dramatic departure from what we do on a weekly basis with uh with our other podcasts uh and basically because you always have notes and we always prepare the notes and we're like okay let's let's all have the same kind of let's let's know what we're talking about before we go further into into the podcast not not today no i'm leaving not today <laughs> not, not today uh great quote we'll use it later in the show uh how are you doing my friend I'm I'm doing great. It's uh October is winding up. Halloween is 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 I don't I wait, I don't know how long I'm going to sit on this before it comes out, but uh Halloween is very soon. It's spooky season. Uh Ooh. so yeah, I'm, I'm excited for trick or treating and uh hope hoping that it doesn't snow too much in the Midwest uh, Are you, before daylight savings time ends. This this is this is something I, I didn't we'll, we'll get into the upside here in a second. I, w- this is something I didn't ever consider about living in the Midwest and and my kid wasn't old enough to trick or treat and then I was too old to trick or treat for a long time while I was in like Oklahoma w- with you and mm-hmm. uh, it's it's when it's really really cold outside and then you have like a really crappy costume and you go out and you're trick or treating. Um, so, you know, I, I, you know, I, I, I don't know, I guess, do you have like put parkas underneath? Uh, yeah. Every kid is dressed up as a, like an Arctic, you know, <laughs> explorer, uh, <laughs> when they show up to your house with sometimes with a weird mask on. Yeah. My, my son want, wanted to be Steven universe for, uh, Halloween and Steven universe wears flip-flops and I'm having to like, he's so committed <laughs> to the costume. I'm like, bro, like, there's going to be snow and it's going to be freezing outside. Steven is wearing shoes when he goes trick or treating. That's all there is to it. <laughs> uh, well, use your artistic talent and then put little flip flops on his, his, his boots and then paint I, them. I've, I've, I've definitely thought about some <laughs> other courses of action for that. That's so funny that you say that. Uh, that's funny. Uh, well, it's cause we're simpatico. Uh, um, the movie with Al Pacino back in the day. 
Yeah, uh, we're we're we we think we think the same. Sometimes we even dress the same. It's uh, <laughs> it's just what we do. It's what we do. Uh, and so you know, speaking of things we do, let's go ahead and get into watching this episode. I mean, we're not watching it. We already watched it. Let's get into talking about this episode. That's right. It's five characters in search of an exit. Originally aired 1961, December 22nd, stars William Wyndham as the major, Murray Matheson as the clown, and three other characters who I didn't get their names. Uh, it was directed by Lamont Johnson, who directed eight other episodes of The Twilight Zone, including Kick the Can, Nothing in the Dark, starring Robert Redford, and The Shelter, which is a, a I would say, superior version of Monsters Are Due on Maple Street. Uh, it was written by, well, the teleplay was written by Rod Serling based off of a story called The Depository by a Marvin H. Petal. There you go. That, that's, that's the introduct that's the introductory information, Travis. That's all we it's need good. to do. It, it, it's all good stuff. I felt like it was all accurate and <laughs> uh, I feel like you did a good job. And that's the podcast for tonight. Thank you, everyone, for joining Don't us. Don't forget to rate and review. <laughs> uh, follow us on iTunes. Wait, that's right. Uh, okay, Travis. So first things first. Let's get this out of the way. I I described the episode, all the you know, like the bits and pieces that 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 go into how the show is made. But it's time for you, me, and IMDb synopses. And as you know. I do a synopsis, you do a synopsis, and then we compare it to IMDb to see who is superior. And just I didn't realize it was a competition, Brandon. I would have tried so much harder. Well, the great news is, is that we go to Twitter for this, and then we ask them, and then Twitter is just all a buzz and all a flame, and they they shoot it back to us and they say, Oh, this one over just kidding i haven't had a single uh person mention uh this this yet uh you might be listener the first one to do it so let me know if travis is better or me or imdb for the following travis hit me up with your synopsis of this episode all right five strangers are forced to live together in a windowless circular room Find out what happens when they stop being polite and start getting real. Uh, I didn't. I, you got me. You caught me off guard. Uh, you, when you started it, I thought, okay, all right, this is going good. And I, was, I almost started typing it out. And then the inflection came. And I'm like, uh, you, you got it. You got me. <laughs> That's right. Real world. Uh, Puck is not one of the characters. Ooh, that's a throwback. No. That's a, that's a that's maybe a... in the remake. <laughs> All right. Um, well, I I am not original on this particular episode. Um, here's my synopsis, Travis. Here we go. Five, four, three, two, one. Five characters trying to find an exit. <laughs> pretty on the nose brandon yeah yeah i didn't think this one out too too much um i, I, I could probably make something up a little bit better than that um four people meet another person and they add him to the ranks of the unknown and why they're in a circular cylindrical prison 
Is that, <laughs> is that better? It's better. Okay, thanks. Um, that's all. That's all I wanted. Let's come. Let's let's go to IMDb. You know, first of all, I'm going to say yours is is winning so far. Uh, IMDb yes. says an army major awakens in a small room with no idea of who he is or how he got there. He finds four other people in the same room, and they all begin to question how they arrived there, and more importantly, how to escape. And there we go. That is the Yumi and IMDb synopses. Be sure to hit me up on Twitter, S4YA underscore podcast, and uh, let me know who was better. Um, It's spelled (laughs) T-R-A-V-I-S. The answer is at JuggleMino on Twitter. All right. Uh, with that in mind, Travis, we're mo- we're moving on. Let's let's go ahead and discuss the episode. So, tell me, what were your initial thoughts? Uh, well, one of the things that I initially liked in the episode was the quick get get to mystery sort of aspect of this, where so I I've, I've been slowly but surely working my way through all of the Twilight Zone episodes, and I've gotten into a bit of a run where a lot of the episodes don't seem to hit you with the mysterious thing, the the weird uh, strangeness or whatever until a ways into the episode, or, or it may be a, a lighter touch. And this episode seemed to very quickly like put you right in it. You've got an army major who is in a featureless, you know, smooth-walled container. And the first person that they run into is a clown who is, <laughs> is seems a little bit more aware of what's going on and far less stressed about the situation. Uh, and yeah, and then and by, b- before we ever see, you know, Rod Serling's intro, we have this very dynamic group of characters who... Are, are really acting unconventionally. And so I, I really liked how within that first intro to it, it was definitely something that was not going to be normal. I knew that this was going to be something with, with a good twist in it at, at some point. Yeah. That, that that's an interesting point that you, that you bring that up. Um, because you're, because you're right there, there are many episodes of the twilight zone where they, the first, you know, five, 10 minutes is establishing the mystery is, is a character who is in a normal circumstance and then slowly like, Oh wait, something weird is going on. Whereas here they do much more of a, um, I'm trying to think of, of, of some kind of movie reference. Uh, there's, I mean, there's a few, uh, cube, I'll go to for cube or even like, I don't know, uh, I'll, I'll get into lost later, but you know, like, a, a it, it establishes the mystery quick, fast. So then you could just, um, the, the viewer then just catches up and is like, okay, well let's figure this out together with these characters. Yeah, exactly. absolutely. Right. Uh, the, the clown, you mentioned the clown who, who knows, who lets on a little bit more than, at least at first um, knows a little bit more what, what's going on. Uh, you quickly find out that he, I mean, he is just like the other three characters doesn't really know anything, but he's, he's joking. Um, 
what what do you think of that guy <laughs> like that that clown character do you uh you know let's let's just let's just talk about him let's just talk about him a little bit travis <laughs> talk about tell me about it what do you what did he look like (laughs) uh i I wish i knew more about the different clowning styles of 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 the 20th century uh but i don't uh so (laughs) he he had a little umbrella and i believe he might have had a small hat uh, a flower pot hat oh yeah that's that's right and some some really aggressive like frilly like necklines and cuffs which you know not my favorite type of of clown garb but you know it's fine it's it's a it's a personal choice and and he went with it uh but yeah i i thought it was interesting how he was really the opposite of how the major was acting where the major was immediately stressed out and focused and felt like oh i have to figure out what's going on what is the circumstance that we're in how do I escape it? And the clown was very much like making jokes and sort of contrary, like to what the major was saying. And he's rolling around on the floor and acting all strange. And, but at the same time, providing valuable information in terms of, yes, we, nobody here knows where they came from. Nobody, is around like nobody knows anything about how they got here and eventually talks about how they're they don't get hungry and they don't feel certain things and so i thought i thought he was an interesting sort of directional guide through a lot of the episode while also being i don't know a little bit of comedic uh value as well i don't know yeah providing just that that little bit of levity to to the goings on uh he as when the major first gets gets there and he's just feeling along the the, the wall and then oh no hey there's a clown and then and then the clown and he talk for a minute and uh i forget what the exact line is but the, the you know the clown mentions oh yeah the others don't know why we're here either he's like the others and then mm-hmm. all, then, all, then all of a sudden uh the ballerina the 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 Scotsman and and the hobo that they, they like walk all like zombie-ish. Like, wait, what wait, where did you come from? This room's not that big. <laughs> right? Yeah. Like where were they hiding? <laughs> maybe maybe they, they kept like hiding behind each other just so quickly. <laughs> every every time the major turns around, they like jump behind him. Like, <laughs> yeah or or they're doing the see us they're doing drax from guardians of the galaxy <laughs> yeah perfect <laughs> just it's just, just really shadowy right in the other side of the room and so it, he he didn't know he didn't know that they were over there he did he did he didn't know he didn't know you know um so the, the, these these characters the the major the clown the ballerina, the Scots, the Scotsman, and then uh, the the hobo. You know, they the, all of them are saying they don't know who they are. They don't know what their names are. They don't, uh, you know, they don't know where they've been. And and yet, I I thought it was interesting that even though they don't know who they are, they still fall within 
their kind of role as as what they are. The, the army being very go gung ho and and like let's get get to the top of this 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 room. The clown who who clearly doesn't know that he's you know doesn't know he, there's no circus, which is a great line I think. Uh, uh, army man, no war. Clown, no circus. You know, it's logic. Logic, it's logic Brandon. Uh, I, I, I thought, I thought that was a bit of interesting. Um, they don't know who they are, but they're they're still fulfilling whatever they're dressed as a, a little bit. Right. Um, Playing them bagpipes. You know, if you got bagpipes, you play them. Let me let me ask you a question, Travis. The you bring up the bagpipes and. <laughs> I'm I I would never claim to be a bagpipe expert or a or like, I wouldn't be in like the bagpipe choir. Is that a thing? I, I feel like if you did claim that, <laughs> I would I would argue against it. <laughs> I would challenge your position. Okay. All right. All right. All right. Well, I'm a bagpipe expert. Challenge. <laughs> challenge accepted. Um I don't know if I don't know if he's good at the bagpipes. <laughs> Can you ever tell? <laughs> How do you know? Like, uh, like he was, he's not. I, I don't know like the traditional bagpipe songs to, to play, but like if he's playing like Anna Gata Devita on on the bagpipes, I'd be like, hey, that's pretty badass. <laughs> oh, doing- remind me to YouTube that after we get done recording this. <laughs> yeah, I, I I think I, I do believe I've heard bagpipe music that is somewhat pleasing to the ear but it is an acquired taste and i think it has its own cultural roots that the clearly very accurate uh scottish individual in this episode that whose whose accent was spot on and in no way uh, made me question his his place where he's from Absolutely perfect <laughs> acting. Good. Yeah. Good, 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 good. The bagpiper. That's actually what he's credited as on IMDb. So I'm going to stop saying it's a Scotsman because that's probably wrong. Um, yeah. All right. All right. All right try, so uh, what, what else, what else did you, did you see in the episode that you thought of? Well, and the cool thing about the episode is it does introduce a mystery very quickly which then brings us, the viewers, along for this ride of trying to figure out what is going on, who these people are. And it's not like the the characters know a secret that we're trying to figure out. We are trying to figure out the same secret that they are. And I really like shows that do that and episodes that that put us in that situation with the main characters. And, and they usually get me thinking about what the possible situations can be. And, and they presented a lot of them, you know, they're in hell, they died, things like that. One solution that came to mind turned out to be the actual thing that was the end of the episode. So I was a little surprised by that. And it also got me questioning whether or not I had seen references to this episode or, or things of that nature. Right, right. But in the end, when that actually turned out to be the case, I I wasn't let down by it just because I I considered it as as a possibility, and well, and I think that 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 idea that 
people being locked in a space and not having any idea what's outside that space, the, the, the endless possibilities that could exist is, is a really good mechanic for, for mystery. You, you, all right. So you, you watched this episode and one of the considerations you had was that they were dolls inside of a, of a, a tube of some sort. Yeah. I thought they were toys, a, a bin, a bin, right? Yeah. Uh, was, was this a, was this a fleeting consideration or was it like one of a myriad of, of like, okay, well let's put this over here. This like prioritize. This is probably what, what it is. Uh, one through N. <laughs> yeah. Well, the, the reason it first came up in, in my head is I was thinking about the characteristics of the characters and the fact that one of them was a clown, one of them was an army man, one of them was a ballerina. And I, I was thinking about what, what sort of situation would cause those specific types, those archetypes, if you will, to all be co-located. And something that popped into my head is toys like a toy store you would have a clown toy and a soldier toy a, a, a ballerina doll maybe you have a hobo or a bagpiper <laughs> and 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 especially with at the time that this came out like that that would make sense you're not going to have i mean maybe you would have other types of toys as well but those those could all be Arch archetypes for a type of doll and so that's why that's why it came up to me and then I, I didn't like write it down and then like analyze everything else that went on but as as pause, they pause to pause we're gonna we're gonna come back to this let, let let's start it again let's no back up three frames and look at the way that they're shooting the no i look at their hands the other, they don't have fingers the other part of it was when they talked about not being hungry or not being thirsty at any point in time, that made me think either they're dead or in their, in some sort of purgatory sort of situation or that they're beings that don't require food or water or things of that nature, which is toys. Toys don't need that. They, they don't, they don't. Uh, and if they do, then that's a horror movie. Which we yes. should produce. Um, <laughs> no, the toys I, that feed, Volume Four. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah that, that whole. So, I mean, good, good on you. Uh, when when I'm watching movies that have mysteries now, I'm I'm like constantly like, okay, what's what's the answer to it? And uh, m more often than not, I know what what's happening. And then when I when I get it completely wrong, I'm like, huh, got me. Look at you. <laughs> um, this didn't get you. It it may have gotten me. I I'll, I'll say for sake of argument that it got me, and I was like, whoa, I didn't even know what it was. Um, but I I, I think that like the whole idea of of toys. Here's here's what I want to talk about. Here's what I want to talk about with this. The the toys that are inside the bin, uh, the, these five characters, they are so hopeless and they're so like the, the ballerina, the last time they all fall down, 
she when they're in like the mannequin form and like the doll eyes doll's eyes uh you know and she and she's crying they're they're all so sad and so depressed but from from the outside world like they those are going to be toys for somebody right and mm-hmm. and it it's such a it's such a uh a tonal divide if you will between those two concepts that it it's like like i i can't be depressed i'm sad for you but i'm not because it's still a it's still a hopeful thing well yeah and it's the this idea of these toys that are donated to like orphans and they're they are created for having fun and something that kids will play with it it really got me thinking like is their sentience their consciousness limited to this donation chamber or is this just their first sort of waking up and then will they experience in I'm going to I'm going to drop the reference toy story sort of situation where <laughs> they're going to continue to know that they are what they are or when the, when they're being played with or is it just within this booth or within this yeah. this chamber that they realize like or or that they're alive uh because yeah I I I I don't know I started getting some real toy story vibes for for a while and I was like ah. I mean, this could this could just be the first step in a long journey of self discovery, and you know, making yeah. a kid happy. No, you're right. Like, is it is it a magic bin, um, uh, or 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 the the other question is, do are these dolls' identities tied to whichever entity they're they're around? If if a little girl picks up the ballerina doll or the clown doll, it, does that doll then start a new set of memories with this particular little girl? And then when gets donated again, the 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 clown doll's like, "What the hell? Where am I? Where where am where am I?" But while but while he's with little Susie Q then he has this this whole set of memories talking about like toy story it once once they leave andy once andy donates them to whatever the the other girl's name is bonnie 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 don't get it twisted (laughs) in 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 this twilight zone episode would woody forget about andy would he just start a new set of memories with this new new kid absolutely and 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 the question the the age-old question now that we've fully opened the Toy Story book, is why doesn't Woody remember life before Andy? Oh yeah. Oh man. Oh, this check this, that out next time on our Toy Story <laughs> podcast. <laughs> no, I mean no. This is this is. I I mean you you op- you opened it up. You opened up. Uh, Andy's Andy and Dora's box. <laughs> No, this this yeah, I, Dora can't remember any of it, right? It's a precursor. Or like Dory, uh, Dory that's right. Uh, uh, Toy Story two, Buzz and all all the toy boxes, right? And then and Emperor Zerg, and 
they're they're not sentient until uh woody and crew go into the toy store right i don't know like in that movie a lot of the toys are like active in the toy store if they're in their boxes they don't like get out and walk around but there's like a whole barbie aisle where they're like hanging out and doing stuff and (laughs) zerg is out and chasing after buzz and yeah so i don't know it's i have to bring in the expert my nine-year-old son uh to to get to get some of the references right but yeah it's it is interesting how woody goes on this voyage of self-discovery to figure out that he was a famous cartoon character essentially in like the 50s and that there was all this merchandise and stuff but i don't know we get this impression that woody is passed down like he's a he's an old family toy but Woody only ever seems to talk about being Andy's toy. Yeah. So I don't know. And anyway, that's amnesia. That's a pix. That's a Pixar topic. Uh, <laughs> that's a that's a Pixar yeah, that, plot hole that we need that, that that they need to answer, not us. But it does make me wonder. Like, did Toy Story look at at this episode, or at least the short story that inspired this episode? as any sort of reference or any sort of inspiration for those films and, and, and what happened. Cause there are some, there are some parallels for sure. Yeah, that's right. Uh, the, the spaceman, the cowboy, uh, the, the, the dinosaur, the potato the slink, head, the slinky dog. Yeah. It would have been all... a little bit more on the nose if a potato head had <laughs> happened to be in the episode. <laughs> yeah. Or a speaking spell. I don't even know how a speaking spell would be. <laughs> <laughs> back in the back in the um so none of us the, know who we are where we came from right mr spell that's <laughs> correct <laughs> uh, but it's it's like an old printer press <laughs> old ticker tape <laughs> yeah um it's, an, it's just an etch a sketch <laughs> did it well, I don't. I think etch a sketches came out in in the mid sixties seventies. I have to look it up. Doesn't doesn't matter. We don't, we don't include that in the show notes. Make sure you make sure you add that. <laughs> uh, one of the, one of the things I so two things, Travis. One is I needed a guest, and you are my you are my go to when I need a guest on the on the quick. The second thing was this episode. As I was looking at at folks to to, to watch it, I wanted you to watch this because I mentioned Lost earlier. You and I, huge Lost fans, and I think every time you come on the show, we talk about end up talking about Lost. But uh, the the one thing that the a thing that I considered was that these characters are in a place they don't know who they are. Well, I mean, they they know kind of who they are. They kind of know their backstory, but they're they're thrust into a mystery right away. And that that Lost pilot to me was one of the more perfect pilots because it it didn't feel ham-fisted it just it thrust you into it it made you interested in what was going on and it invested you in the mystery right away and so i thought of you for this and and so i want to ask as far as mysteries go what really kind of uh draws you in to this type of story what 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 is it about mysteries that 
that enthrall you, Mr. Menard? Mm, mm, that is a good question. Uh, I, I am a person that enjoys logic puzzles. I enjoy puzzles in general. I am a computer programmer by trade, and often people in that sort of job market uh, like to solve puzzles and solve problems and and think about things analytically. So I think uh, my my enjoyment of Lost came a lot from the mysteries and trying to figure out what was going on and 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 think through the clues that we were given on screen to try and figure out what was causing whatever they were going through and things like that. And, and, and so I think the same is true for this episode where early on we're given a set of circumstances where you have strangers who don't know how they got into a location. They don't know why they're there or how they can escape it. Uh, and they don't know much about each other or even themselves. And and so there are a lot of good little breadcrumbs there to to latch on to. And as, as they go through conversations and discover more about themselves and you hear that loud bell ringing occasionally and you're given more and more information that, that can direct you towards what might actually be going on. I I I like thinking through that and continually coming up with ideas and and trying to figure out what that situation might be and and then ultimately if the end is a good you know payoff if if what is going on is interesting or they can somehow manage to sort of twist whatever you thought was going on and 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 send it in a different direction I, I enjoy that as well. So one of the things Lost didn't always pull off uh, <laughs> at the end. Hurley bird. Um, yeah. that, that's the only that's the only thing I ever remember. from. Yeah. <laughs> that's the uh, only thing you remember from Lost? Yeah. yeah the, the entire Blu-ray box set an arm's <laughs> length away from me if we ever want to revisit it. Yeah, let's 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 start our Lost podcast. There is a lost podcast that is higher on the charts than interdimensional RSS. And I intend <laughs> to fix that in the next couple of weeks it's by starting our own lost podcast. Let's do it. Mostly just because Rick and Morty's back. Oh, that's right. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's why. Uh, less than, less than two weeks by this airing. Uh, the, 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 you, you mentioned, you mentioned solving a mystery logic uh, piecing the puzzle together that reminds me this this even though there wasn't uh like puzzles within the room where they're like oh i gotta find a key okay oh i gotta get this there's a there's a, a an escape room aspect to it i i subtitled it escape room the tube um but but it, it, it reminded it reminded me you me the the wives we went to the escape room in, in in Hawaii, and and you were just you were just tearing that shit up, man. Loved it. I haven't done one since. I've almost done one. Uh, I'm about to probably go do another one here pretty soon. But yeah, I really really Basi enjoyed that. Basically, we didn't have to do anything. <laughs> you 
Like the the only thing we had to do was because you couldn't be physically in more than one place at a time. You needed us to be like like place ourselves. All in. right, ladies, here's what I'm going to need you to do. I'm going to need <laughs> you to go solve that maze over there. And I feel like that's a that's a task that you guys can complete without my direct assistance. Now, Brandon, how is your algebra skills? Because I need you to take these four <laughs> containers and I need you to and find I was the like, volume of. But Travis, I don't know how to I don't know how to do math. Pull like, it together. Right. Okay, okay, okay. Just get the just get the remote control. Drive the RC car through the path. Shh. We're giving spoilers away for an, we an undisclosed tell- escape room in Hawaii that <laughs> we didn't people tell may or may not ever go into. Okay, okay. Do you know Morse code, Brandon? You need to know Morse code for this next puzzle. Open all the books. Why aren't all the books open yet? Go open them. No, that the, the pattern's I, on the floor. As as we talk about that, one of my favorite things about it is as we're running out of time, the the guy running the escape room's like, "Hey, I know you're like trying to fit together this last puzzle so you can actually exit the room, uh, but I told you at the beginning that you have three clues and you haven't used any of them oh. yet. <laughs> so if you just want help with this, we could get you out of here." And we're like, "Yeah, sure. Give us the clue." That's <laughs> right. That, that, that's right. And he basically just gave us the answer. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so we're we're out of there in under an hour. That's right. We did it. Just like this episode. <laughs> in and out, under an hour. That's right. Uh, real quick, Rick and Morty adventure. Uh, Travis, uh, I, have, I have two questions for you. First question is, overall, what do you rate this episode? Ooh, I would give this episode... Uh, four and a half dolls out of five. Ooh, four and a half dolls out of five. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Why, I, why? I, I liked it. I, I thought that the characters themselves were interesting and, uh, they the, the, cl- the, the clown and the, the major had, had a good sort of back and forth and, and, and the way that they interacted, uh, the mystery was good from the get-go, and I thought that the twist at the end was was very fitting. Now, now, even though you knew you had surmised the twist, did that take away from the ending for you? Did it did like did it subtract points from it? It didn't. Uh, I I was still on the fence. I was still questioning it right up to the point where it was revealed to be the actual situation. I, I didn't have a confidence like, Oh yeah, they're definitely toys, bro, bro, bro. Check it out. Check <laughs> it out. They're totally toys. No, like listen, this, would you just watch, just watch. Just like watch. going on Facebook. Yo, I'm putting a poll out there. Check this out. It's toys, yo. <laughs> yeah. You, you, you did, you saw my poll on Facebook. While I, was I did. Yeah. Okay. I, I voted, I voted. It wasn't oh. toys. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, yeah. So I, I, I really enjoyed it. Okay. All right. Uh, I will. I will. I will match that, and I will say um, four and a half dolls out of out of five as well. Uh, it it's solid enough. Uh, that again, good point about the the mystery right away, and the resolution was 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 solid. I think I watched this a couple of years ago, and I hadn't seen it before that in in a couple of years, and I was in my head like, wait, how does this one end? What what is what is up with them? I don't remember. The, it got to the end of the episode. And I was like, oh, that's right, they're toys. Okay, 
Um, and and so even though I I knew the the ending this time around, I could think back to then and be like, yeah, it was it was solid enough that I was surprised by it. So four and a half, five. I agree with you, Travis. Far out, solid, and right on, man. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and then the second question. Ooh, I told you that too. That was the first one. Oh, the, the second one, Travis. It's time for Choose Your Own Adventure. That's right. Choose Your Own Adventure, where we take a book out, t- book out of the page of Choose Your Own Adventures everywhere, and we change up the ending. And, and Travis, I'm going to give this to you. Give us what you think an alternate ending of this episode would mm. or should be. Okay. So the, <clears throat> excuse me, the, the, the five characters are, are all huddled together in the floor of this tube and the, and the loud bell sound echoes again through the chamber. And then suddenly they look up and a large crane moves over the top and then, <laughs> and then slowly lowers. It snatches the clown and raises him out of the tube. The camera pans to show a scraggly kid with braces and a skull on his T-shirt. <laughs> and he says, let's go home and play. The cowboy and spaceman look nervous. And Randy Newman music plays in the background. <laughs> you got a friend in me. <laughs> That's the creepiest part. It's just, it's just a, 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 a horror movie version. <laughs> You got a friend in me. <laughs> uh, that's great. That's that's great. Friggin' Sid gonna 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 kill the clown. <laughs> oh man, I should make a Sid shirt. Oh, you should. Yeah, especially before you go to Toy Story Land. Yeah. Here in Orlando. Um, moving on. I think here here's 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 my ending. Um. So these five characters looking for an exit, they're stuck in a tube, right? You find out their you find out their toys. They shortly after uh, the the major falls back down, screams, everyone's crying. You know the the ballerina's crying. They they're like, you know what? I'm we are gonna get out of here, and and they they're they're. Their will is bolstered. They're going for it. They and they actually they're like, let's do this again. So they escape. They they get out and they're playing like, uh, they're playing like old 60s, 70s escape music, right? And then climbing out, and then um, they 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 all get out and they land in the snow, and they they're like they they find like a little. Uh, a little street cone traffic cone right. <laughs> and, and they're walking through snow uh, and they they bump into another cone and underneath that cone like they both lift up their their sets of cones and there's there's an identical set of dolls that are that are walking towards them and then they're like are you trying to escape like yeah we're trying to escape get out of our way like no you get out of our way and then they start like a little toy gang fight right there on the street, and then and then they just like just start beating the beating each other up, and then eventually uh, they're like, "Oh crap, humans!" <laughs> and then Andy's coming, and then <laughs> they just go limp, and then all ten of them go back into the tube, oh, doubles. and 
uh, as they're as they're falling in, they scream. And not again, not again. And so that, and play that, and, nice. And that and that's it. Yeah, I like that both of our alternate endings still stick with the toys being like the thing because <laughs> there are so like endless possibilities when the major finally reaches the top of the tube. And they're like, "What do you see?" And it, it, we could have come up with anything, but I ended up with a Toy Story ripoff, and you sort of did too. So. We stuck with the toys. Yeah, I, yeah. I, we should, we should have gone away from the toys. It should have been. Uh, my originally, I, I thought my 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 ending would be like, um, a a platoon of paratrooper dolls, uh, land inside the tube like go 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 go, and the, they they exfil them right. And then a C-130 comes and like drops a, like a hook, takes them out, and they go to Panama, or they yeah. They the hook their- comes down and grabs them all, and then mm-hmm. in the C-130 is just these three-eyed aliens going. <laughs> that's, um, that's this is perfect. That's, a, that's another Toy Story reference. I I did I did think there could have been an interesting sort of ending where the major reaches the top. And now is the only one that is sort of guaranteed freedom. And even though he's promised the others that he would get them out, there was a little bit of that questioning like, okay, well, we get the one person out. And he's like, well, one of us has to get out for all of us to get out. But there, there's an opportunity to play with him leaving and, and, and choosing his own freedom over getting the everyone else out like depending on what ends up being outside of that tube Uh, so so there's 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 another opportunity there for for an ethical dilemma yeah alternately i'll 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 say this it it would it would also be interesting if he get he gets up to the ledge he screams he falls back in and he's the only one who looks like a doll and we we never we never see if if we if we leave that the ending open and we never see the 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 woman with the bell or or the little girl the only thing we see at the end is the man is a doll and the other four characters are are still uh you know doing their their regular human motions i that that would be kind of an interesting if it was executed well yeah, yeah. Huh. or or he like immediately jumps back in and then doesn't want to escape anymore and won't tell them why or something. I don't know. Right. And he's like, I'm not even a major. <laughs> don't don't try to field promote me to brigadier. That's stolen valor. You're stolen. <laughs> <laughs> Clowning around here. <laughs> all right. Well, um, all right. That, and then that, so that is, that is, that is that episode. That is five characters in search of an exit. Thank you, Travis, for helping me explore that. Looking at Lost, looking at Toy Story, looking at these five characters. Oh, always, always looking for an exit. Uh, the last thing we like to do here on the show is talk about yourself. And Travis, how can people find you in the things that you do? Well, I'll tell you what. I happen to be part of a little podcast network called Apathetic Enthusiasm. Uh, folks, fans of this show may have heard of it. Uh, you can find the 
flagship podcast, Apathetic Enthusiasm, as well as our Rick and Morty podcast, Intermental RSS, over at apatheticenthusiasm.com, the same place where Spender for Your Approval is found. And yeah, I I co-host those with you. Oh. And I will I will make a particular plug right now for our streaming services. You can you can find us streaming on YouTube at youtube.com slash apathetic enthusiasm and at twitch.tv slash apathetic enthusiasm. If you want to catch either of those other podcasts streamed live as we record them, make sure to follow us or subscribe at at those platforms. And uh, Rick and Morty season four, right around the corner. So if you're a Rick and Morty fan, make sure to subscribe and hear our reviews of the next five episodes. Heck yeah. Oh boy. It's going to be great. It's going to be great. Thank you, Travis, for for coming on the show, helping me out last minute. Uh, Happy to do it. I couldn't I couldn't have asked for a a better co-host and friend to to give me some words and talk into a microphone. Be available. Um, for, for those of you who want to get a hold of this show, there's a few ways you can do it. You can go to facebook.com slash S4YA podcast or email S4YA podcast at gmail.com, Instagram and Twitter at S4YA underscore podcast. And of course, as Travis mentioned, head to www.apatheticenthusiasm.com for more episodes of this apathetic enthusiasm and links to Rick and Morty interdimensional RSS, the unofficial Rick and Morty podcast. And last thing, I I don't say this very often. If you like this show, uh, please head over to iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, wherever you can rate and review it. And let me know what you think. All your feedback is mucho appreciated. So um, that is it. Again, thank you, Travis, for your time. And hey, until next time, I am Brandon, and this is Submitted for Your Approval. <laughs>